0: You have been cordially invited to the Eternal Slumber Party.
1: you i think i look like a indie film director who only makes lesbian coming of age movies because i never got over my childhood crush
0: (laughs) your hair looks really long
1: it's here's the thing it's usually up when i see you um my hair's super long
0: yeah that's very long i haven't seen your hair down in a while
1: i usually don't have it down um usually it's like in my little claw clip well claw clip Little clock late I felt like wearing my muse hat today that says we are fucking fucked
0: I think I think that's fitting I think that's fitting for felt, everything
1: felt right feels feels
0: right and feels fitting
1: my notes are going to be all over the place I'm warning everyone now my notes are going to be a lot of
0: screaming
1: um the major I kind of gave up trying to take notes uh because I was watching this movie <laughs> while working on our scream masks nice so should we do a slight
0: introduction (laughs) instead of just jumping right in
1: (laughs) oh i was just warning you i was still planning on doing like a whole introduction i was just warning you it's gonna be a mess uh because i did start and then i stopped because i was watching it on two different days and i was taking notes out of order so it's gonna be messy but let's jump into it okay hi how are you
0: hi i'm good i'm starting the process of moving so Ooh. my landlord just came over and we signed the lease extension because he's letting me stay for an extra like two and a half weeks he's so nice like i wish he could stay my landlord we talked shit on my former roommate that was really mm-hmm. fun <laughs> so yeah i'm getting ready to move i got my new chair
1: yeah it folds um I will post the picture in our in
0: our little carousel so people can see the folding chair I it's super ergonomic it it folds so I can protect it from the demon and it's in one of my favorite colors so that's exciting I also I think I am going to actually take Friday off i literally remember when i was like i'm gonna take thursday and friday off and then i immediately on monday was like never mind i'm not gonna take them off (laughs) and i think i'm gonna take friday off because i think i'm reaching a point of burnout where if i don't just let myself watch scooby-doo for 12 hours i don't know what's gonna happen
1: (laughs) do it take your time
0: take some time off i think you've earned it i think that will be good for you i gotta prepare for the weekend after basically i gotta save up my energy for the weekend after
1: I'm trying to remember when I started working on these masks. All the days have started to blend together.
0: Sunday. uh, You started on Sunday.
1: (laughs) Was it Sunday? Yeah. I believe you. Um, Because you
0: messaged me and you said, I'm not organizing these again. So they're just going to be all silver.
1: Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I have just been bejeweling since Sunday. And I have one mask 90% finished. I need to go back through. I'm using several different rhinestones so that there is the maximum sparkle on it you're amazing yeah i have one finished so i have another one to do so
0: what's what's it like all you people out there who don't have a best friend who's a cosplayer and costumer because i'm living my best life because she's my best friend thank you Uh very much
1: (laughs) yeah i'm curious people sound off what's it like to not have that kind of person in your life because i'm that person for me I've always been a DIY, I'm a figure it out kind of person. So I don't know what it's like to
0: not have that in in your life. I was just talking to someone about this the other day, but I love that you push me to dress up to go places. Like, not like all the time. Like, we've definitely bummed it going out places before, but like being like, oh, we're going to coordinate our outfits. We're going to plan our outfits. We're going to do this. Like having someone that not only is like, hey, I want to do this, but essentially is like, we're going to do this. Here you go. Like, here's your instructions. I love it. It makes me very happy to have someone like that. Here's the
1: Pinterest mood board I made between when we first had the (laughs) idea to now. Oh,
0: man. The day that you told me you had a Pinterest mood board for what you wanted our first promo pictures to be was the day that I was like, this podcast is going to go great. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> that we're going places and she's we're, driving.
0: We're going places, baby. <laughs> How
1: are you? I'm doing good. My mom loves the podcast. Um, she's been listening to it. She is Hi Chrissy's mom. Yeah, she's great and she's doing it the correct way. She's starting from the beginning. So she just listened to Wonderful. the Jennifer's Body episode. She did say that she's been carrying a water bottle for 20 years. So the lady who said it was a millennial thing is a weird person.
0: Get fucked. <laughs> yeah,
1: get dunked on. Um, <laughs> she understands what the T-shirt you got me for my birthday means. She gets the reference Lovely. now.
0: Also, I just want to say that you were telling me that story literally as I was drinking out of my water bottle like a millennial. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like a millennial. Like a millennial. <laughs> and then my younger brother also listened to the podcast. Um, and we have our first review
0: from him. Are you, are you going to read it at the end? Or are you going to read it now?
1: Oh, I'm going to read it now. Okay. So my brother, who I love so much. My brother. 22, going to turn 23 in December.
0: I, f- I forgot our younger siblings were like essentially the same age. So my sister yeah. just turned 23.
1: No, I constantly am like, wait, he's 20. He's a how? He's 22? What? No, No, he isn't.
0: My sister's perpetually 12 in my brain, and she hates every time I bring that up.
1: No, he's like 12 years old. (laughs) So he texted me, Okay, I listened to the pod. I said, Please tell me you liked it and that I'm funny. And then this is his review. Okay. Yeah, it's good. When can I guest star?
0: (laughs) That is the most younger sibling response
1: yeah so when I see him over Christmas then I'm forcing him to do some recording so keep an eye out for that everybody
0: I love this I love this so much
1: yeah uh so our first review yeah it's good
0: (laughs) yeah it's good when can I guess (laughs) can I guess star oh Um, that's fantastic I love that a lot are you ready to be the most chaotic gremlins we've ever been? Like, I know we say that every single week, but I think this week we might actually. We say
1: it every week and every week I think we top ourselves.
0: I because don't know like, if we can top this.
1: I don't know. We're gonna see. So I promised you that I would do some research on the mask for. Yes. Scream. And we were talking the original Scream from 1996. Although I did watch the 2022 requel, if you will. And Mm -hmm. that one was a pretty solid requel. I gotta say, the Scream franchise does one thing and it's sequels. And they're always bangers.
0: I, we won't talk about it on the podcast until we actually like, I want to eventually cover all of the Scream movies.
1: Oh, me too. I feel like we have to. I love we scream. have to
0: we have to but like i can't wait to talk to you about that twist that happens in that movie but anyways tell me the mask drama
1: so i thought that there was drama and like it was this huge thing yeah i was incorrect <gasps> okay but in learning that i was wrong mm-hmm. i found what i think is almost a better story in that the original mask the ghost face mask uh-huh the, the iconic scream mask It is based, like, it was inspired by the painting, The Scream. Okay. It was also inspired by one of the characters on the cover of the Pink Floyd album, The Wall, and ghostly characters that appear in Betty Boop back in the 30s. I
0: love that.
1: Right? So, like, that's cute.
0: That's
1: very cute. the mask was not made for Scream. It was not a mask that they had designed for this movie. It existed beforehand. It was designed in 1991 by a company called Fun World. And it was designed by Brigitte. Oh, I'm going to butcher this last name. So I'm very sorry. Uh, Brigitte Sire. There's no way. <laughs> i'm a veil i'm sorry i can't say it and i would rather just not say it at all spell it spell it s-l-e-i-e-r-t-i-n um mm.
0: Brigitte. way to go
1: shout out you go girl you, go, you Brigitte. go girl um i'm sorry i don't know how to say your last name and people please leave reviews tell me how bad i am at that and i will read them in a shame video (laughs) like just shame me i don't care uh that's embarrassing i really wish i had the time to look up how to pronounce that like i did with all the alfred packer stuff that i learned how to pronounce didn't think of it i was like i bet i can just read that off and then there was an sl and i panicked (laughs) and apparently when they found the mask, like the production people costume people they found the mask And they were like, yes, this is what we need. We need something like this. Then they tried to design masks similar to the mask that we have. um, And eventually someone was like, why don't don't we just use this one? Um, So (laughs) Fun World still owns the rights to the mask. But the Scream production and Dimension Films bought the rights to it. So yeah like this uh random small little company made a mask just for funsies in 1991 and it became one of the most profitable masks ever and they still own the rights that's the fun thing is they still own the rights fun world still owns the rights to it so when i bought those ghost face masks i was supporting brigitte
0: brigitte did you bring any other history
1: i did pull up the IMDb page so I could read okay. you the fun facts.
0: Can I tell you some history about Scream that I found? Um,
1: should I read off what the synopsis is first? I didn't do that.
0: Read the synopsis, and then okay. I will tell you the most amazing thing that I learned today.
1: You're so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited! <laughs> I love that for you, girl. Okay. Um. Synops- <clears throat> Scream. A year after the murder of her mother, a teenage girl is terrorized by a masked killer who targets her and her friends by using scary movies as a part of a deadly game.
0: Straightforward. Makes sense. Yeah, no,
1: that is a fantastic
0: synopsis. That's what this movie is. Should we just say spoilers? Since there is a spoiler element to this, it's not as straightforward as like Halloween. The killer is not discovered until the end, so spoilers if you don't want to get spoiled but if you don't want scream to get spoiled by you go for watch you. it first yeah for you pause <laughs> the episode pause
1: the episode now watch scream from 1996 if you want to take a departure you can watch the rest of them but I do recommend coming back here beforehand so you can get even more excited about the rest of the scream movies because I think we're gonna just do such a good job getting you into this fandom
0: okay spoilers here we go so I want to tell you about our boys Billy and Stu they are based off of they are loosely based off of Nathan Prudenthal Leopold Jr and Richard Albert Loeb both of whom once caught after what they did made it known that they were in a relationship Mm. also the writer of Scream Mm -hmm. is Kevin Williamson who is an openly gay writer and has been has stated that the entire Scream franchise is coded in gay survival and he also said that he felt when he was younger that he related to the final girl struggle because of you know his struggles as a young gay kid and staying alive and like all those different things and so Scream is canonically queer. I love that. Isn't that the best thing that you've ever heard in your life? I
1: I think, yeah, that might be one of the best things I've ever heard, um, which is interesting that you bring that up because I was saying in last week's episode and something that I continue to say and will continue to say for the rest of my life is that. Horror is a queer genre.
0: It is. And, and I this think this movie in particular extremely queer-coded, and I'm here for it. I
1: love that. I... Mm. I love it. Um, do you want me to tell you some fun facts before we jump into it?
0: Please tell me some fun facts. Okay. So,
1: do you know
0: the muffin? How Man? Long the muffin sorry. man <laughs> i'm sorry it came out
1: pause longer i should have paused longer I we should it have just a whole thing popped out
0: of me i did, it wasn't even i didn't come to my brain first that went straight to my <laughs>
1: mouth i love it um do you know the muffin man who lives on Drury lane <laughs> do you know how long the party scene runs in the film like near the end that party scene at Stu's
0: house like minutes of the movie or how long it's supposed to take in the time frame
1: um minutes in the movie 50-ish minutes yeah so it's 42 minutes okay and that scene took 21 days to film
0: honestly not surprised because that is like the scene like so much happens in that
1: yeah so the crew once it all wrapped. Had t shirts made that say, I survived scene 118. And they jokingly call it the longest night in horror history. I love that. Isn't that cute? That is so good. I loved
0: that. I love everything about this movie.
1: So good. So we know that Courtney Cox is in this movie. Courtney Cox. She approached the production because she wanted to play a bitchy role because she wanted to prove that she had range because before that she was really only known for her role as Monica in friends. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to like do something different. Um, mm-hmm. So she perp- like, she approached them said, please let me play Gail Weathers. They said, no, you're too nice. Monica, get out of here, mon. Um, and she said, please. I will be such a good bitchy character. And then she delivered. Let me she tell you that right delivered. now. Delivered.
0: Oh my God. Gail Weathers, iconic. No, genuinely iconic because she's one of the first characters in horror movies to be an openly bitchy career forward woman. Like you don't see that.
1: Oh, I cannot wait to talk about a very particular scene with Gail Weathers. And we'll get there when we get there because I have a lot of thoughts yes, a lot of comments. we'll get there
0: when we get there.
1: Um, the last thing I want to tell you, again, I'm just reading these off of IMDb. I didn't do a whole lot of research for this one. I was too busy bedazzling. So you're getting lazy research. We know the, and I also think this is going to be a good lead in to starting the discussion because perfect opening scene, opening we have scene. Casey played by Drew Barrymore and we go through all of that. And her parents come home. Uh huh. The line that her father tells her mother is, "Go to the Mackenzies." Uh huh. Which is the exact same thing Jamie Lee Curtis tells the little girl and the little boy in Halloween to do.
0: I I love this movie so much. Right? I I know there are some moments like that in this movie, but that one I missed. It's scream
1: let's get started let's Let's... talk about that opening sequence I yes I love
0: this sequence I do um first I want to say it was directed by Wes Craven yes one of the most well-known and well-loved directors in movie history I feel anyways opening shot
1: opening shot I love the opening scene for this movie and I cannot stress that enough because I've watched this movie now Within the past 72 hours, I've seen this movie twice, okay? (laughs) And that does not include me watching the requel. I just have been watching Scream movies for the past 72 hours. Just Scream, quite frankly, for the past 72 hours. That scene does such a good job of being tense and being spooky well before you are even supposed to have it feel tense and spooky.
0: So I watched this movie with a friend of mine who had never seen it before and we were watching it and like this opening scene and she went, oh, we're here already? Like it starts off and it like we, we get immediate horror. It pops. But also in the funniest Scooby-Doo
1: way. Yes. um, Oh my God have you seen scooby-doo actually does a spoof of this opening scene with matthew lillard playing shaggy and it's daphne answering the phone it's amazing i'll have to send it to you please send Um, it to me
0: also i once again i'm going to talk about dead by daylight because ghostface is in dead by daylight there is a clip somewhere floating around on the internet of me and my friends playing And one of my friends has this perfect shot of me getting chased by Ghostface in the perfect Scooby-Doo, like run across the doorway type (laughs) of situation. (laughs) I love it. Okay, so let's, should we walk through the opening scene? Kind of tell, like talk about it a little bit? Yeah, it sounds good. So it starts off, Drew Barrymore is making herself some 90s stovetop popcorn. Yeah, she's getting ready to watch a scary movie. She's going to
1: watch. Did she say that she's going to watch Halloween, or did she say no, that's her favorite scary she movie? She said that
0: that's her favorite scary movie. Okay. Which the amount of references, I think it's so funny that we are doing Scream right after Halloween because the amount of references to Halloween exactly in this movie, there's so many.
1: This movie is a love letter to Halloween and to the horror genre. Yes, it it's so good. But yeah, so she's making some popcorn, and she gets a phone call, and she doesn't know who's calling. And this guy's kind of weird. He's like, who's talking? What number is this? Like, almost flirtatious, in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she's like, wrong number. Better luck next time. She hangs up, and the guy calls back, and is like, I just want someone to talk to. They have 800 numbers for that. Is ready to hang up again. But then... She starts flirting back, which is what I love about this dialogue exchange.
0: He calls a third time, doesn't he? Um, She she... hang up like she's like, oh, they have numbers for that hangs up. He calls a third time and he's like, oh,
1: no, I don't think not yet. Anyways, they're talking for a while Mm -hmm. because like it's it's a little bit flirtatious between the
0: two of them. Yeah.
1: Towing the line between flirtatious and just in- innocently answering questions to a stranger, like just talking. Um, Very
0: 90s, because we still talked to strangers back then.
1: Yes. Oh, that's another fun fact. Apparently, this movie increased the rate people used their caller ID. Like caller ID wasn't much of a thing before this movie. And then after this movie, everyone was getting caller ID.
0: I love it so and much.
1: So then the person on the phone slips up. Because, like, they're talking about horror movies and, like, Halloween, and she's like, oh, I love Jason or Michael Myers.
0: Well, yeah, it, I which I love. She's like, oh, what's your favorite movie? Oh, I love Halloween. She, as she pulls the chef's knife out of the butcher block. Yes. I love that. That small little, like, oh, Halloween. And, like, pull out this little nod to the chef's knife, like, that Michael has. I just love that. Which is
1: also a really good reference to the beginning of that movie, too, how Michael gets the knife so soon in the movie yes then the voice kind of slips up and he says um what's your name i want to know who i'm looking at and then she
0: hangs up Uh, do you think it was a slip up or do you think it was on purpose i thought it was intentional because it starts the fear it starts the thing like that's the moment that she is like oh we're not flirting anymore i'm getting scared now because like for full context of this, like if we think about the this, this scene right now, her boyfriend is supposed to be coming over. We learn this in like 30 seconds when she talks to him on the phone, he is over. He's duct taped to a chair on the patio. And I think that Ghostface was like, oh, we're flirting. We're doing this little cute thing, whatever. I want to know who I'm looking at. And then it was like, I want to know who I'm talking to or whatever he says next. To me, that was so intentional to be like kind of gaslighting, kind of being like, oh, no, like this is what I like. But like starting that fear moment. But also, Ghostface do kind of be a little dumb. So maybe it was a slip up. So when I watch this, I
1: think it was a slip up.
0: OK. Because
1: I think that Ghostface would still need time to kind of set things up, stalk around the house. I like to think that it was an actual slip up and she's catching on to wait. This is actually spooky. The same time the audience is. Because I I don't know. It just felt like when he was saying it, the way the line was delivered, it felt like it was supposed to be like this slip of the tongue. I said, who am I like who I'm speaking to? And then she gets freaked out. She hangs up like if she hangs up three times this is the next one then he calls back and he's pissed because he wants her full undivided attention you have to talk to me right now
0: okay cuz like i i had thought that this was the fourth call because for some reason in my head i remember her being like oh they have numbers for that and then just like hanging up without even saying something else, like saying goodbye or anything and then he called back a third time and that's when the flirting started and and he asked the iconic question what's your favorite scary movie? Which I want to talk about because that's like the ghost face line. Like that gets brought up throughout all the movies and everything. It's what's your favorite scary movie? Which I also, I love when people ask me what my favorite horror movie is because I always go, ironically, scream. <laughs> because <laughs> ironically, but in this moment where he's like getting angry and like that change of tone, because he like, he goes from this sounding like, sultry and a little bit flirty to then like i'm gonna fucking gut you like a fish you know
1: yeah like you see that tonal shift and i think yeah. my head canon is that is when it's flipped from spoiler alert ghost faces stew and billy i think that that's when <laughs> billy took over i think stew was so? doing it first yeah because like there's just this level of flirtation
0: which it is it does say that stew dated her That is brought up later is that Stu at once at one point dated her.
1: So I think that they flipped between Stu then to Billy and then Billy's the one asking the questions and getting so intense because you do see later on the way that they used to talk when they are committing crimes. Billy gets really intense really quickly. He is very unprovoked. Like he will jump to anger unprovoked. Um, But so I think that they switch. Like, in that moment. They start grilling her on horror movie questions.
0: So to give a little bit more context, too, he tells her to turn on the patio light. That's when she sees that her boyfriend is duct taped. And then they say, we need classic horror movie questions. So also, I do want to say, apparently it is possible throughout the movie to track which of them is where because the shoes are different.
1: Fascinating. I'll have to do that on my next rewatch.
0: Yeah. It is possible... But I think you can also kind of guess and assume as things go. But probably she I do want to say she acts like a classic horror movie girl, like that immediate screaming, crying terror, like
1: the scream queen energy with Drew Barrymore is peak. She does a really good job in this movie Uh, being a sacrifice, like being the sacrificial lamb. She does nail it.
0: She her face is like on the cover of the classic scream movie. She's only in the opening scene, but she's on the cover. Her eyes are the ones that are wide like on the top of like the scream like poster. Like she is the center of this and
1: yeah, she was used for a lot of promo. Um mm-hmm. that feels like a psycho reference to me because that's what happens in Psycho is like this huge star like this super famous actress is supposed to be the main girl in it, but then she dies twenty minutes into the film. So movie theaters, um, at the time were like, you if you are late to the show, you cannot enter. You cannot enter the theater late. You have to be in there on time, no exceptions. Hmm. So people were going through because they didn't want the movie to be spoiled and people yeah. to like jump in near the end and be like, well, wait, where's the main girl because she dies so soon. So. Right. That to me feels like a reference to Psycho, which we know there's a lot of references to different movies yeah. just within horror, like yeah. this horror franchise within this movie. Um, so I don't know. I always thought that was just like a reference to Psycho. I love it. I think that's a
0: great reference to Psycho.
1: I love I love this opening for that reason.
0: Yes. Um
1: it references so many movies. It's scary in and of itself. And you like Casey without knowing anything about her, yeah. so you actually like feel like there's stakes to her and her boyfriend dying, even though you don't know anything about them.
0: And they do set up the th- the theme of scream. They set it up very early because there's she's on the phone, she's running around trying to lock all the doors. Which I just want to say, why are there so many goddamn doors in that house? He's like, there's two yeah. main doors, the front door and the patio, and I'm like, yeah, and there's seven on the side, like. There's so many doors.
1: The houses in this neighborhood have so many doors, which maybe. So many doors.
0: Maybe you don't have so many doors.
1: Yeah, why do you have so many fucking doors? I'm trying to think of how many doors, like, in all the different apartments that I've lived in, different houses, whatever. We never really had, like, a side door. It was always the back patio, the garage, and the front door. We never had, like, all of these goddamn side doors.
0: The biggest, richest house I've ever been in had five doors.
1: I feel like the more doors you have, the less like a house it is and the more of a hotel.
0: (laughs) That's fair. That's Um,
1: I will also say, I think that was one of the things that made the house feel less realistic is like because there are so many doors. But unfortunately, Casey does not answer all of her questions.
0: So, I do want to go back to real fast. So, what I was saying was there's a knock on the front door, and she says, Who's there? And Ghostface on the phone says, Never say who's there in a horror movie. That's a death wish, which sets up the premise of Scream, which is that in order to survive Scream, you have to follow the rules of a horror movie. Yes. And. I wrote down those rules, actually. Tell me the rules. So this comes up way at the end of the movie, but Randy is the one who lists them. And he says there are three rules that he says to survive a horror movie. One, never have sex. Number two is never drink or do drugs. Okay. Number three is never say, I'll be right back. Because you will not be right back.
1: Yeah, you cannot have sex. You cannot drink or do drugs you cannot say I'll be right back you cannot ask who's there you cannot take your eyes off the killer and you always have to do a headshot to make sure that they're actually dead
0: always shoot them in the head to make sure that they're actually dead yes
1: and yes so that does really set up a theme and it also does kind of set up how the killer is working and operating and thinking he is thinking that this is a scary movie because numerous times throughout this film they reference scary movies but then the characters are like oh but it's real life but this yeah, isn't a movie this is real life
0: that is the thing that scream does is they very much are like they take this premise of the trope of horror movies and they make fun of it in a way that they know they are making fun of themselves
1: it's it's not a parody
0: it's not a parody it's, it's not a comedy. It's very unique.
1: It's very self-aware.
0: hmm
1: And it's very self-referential. And I love yes. the way that they handle in the sequels the stab movies in context yes. of... Yes. It's really funny. It's mm-hmm. really good. And I don't want to spend too much time because I do want us to actually like watch and review those a little bit more in depth. It is honestly one of my favorite things is that they have the stab movies and they reference the franchise and they reference horror fans and that's what makes this movie scary is that this is a movie about scary movies yeah. and what makes them scary and here's how you survive and it's really great and knowing that it's from an openly gay writer and his experience surviving as a queer person is so good
0: so good it's so good love it it. so In the theme of referencing, things referencing other things, we know another teeny tiny little show that likes to reference other things. And I just want to point out the name of her boyfriend. Steve. Steve. (laughs) I heard that and I was like, Duffers. We need a clip compilation of us going
1: Duffers. Duffers. Oh, Duffy Boy.
0: Duffyers.
1: Um, my Duffy so, boys.
0: Speaking of speaking of the boyfriend. So they want, he wants to play, Ghostface wants to play a game. Who's the killer in Halloween? Michael Myers. Who's the killer in Friday the 13th? Jason Voorhees. Incorrect. It's technically it's the killer Mrs. in the first. Voorhees. Yeah, technically the killer in the first Friday the 13th is Mrs. Voorhees. And because she got that wrong. We have to say goodbye to Steve so quickly. Steve is there and then he's gone. And in the fastest thing I've ever seen in my life, it took about 10 seconds for that man to get gutted fully. Intestines hanging out of his body gutted in 10 seconds. Like that fast.
1: Yeah, I don't know that much about gutting people. Also, Um, we're going
0: to talk about grip strength.
1: (laughs) They do talk about, like, in the next scene, like, at school, Stu does say you go, like, from your groin up to your sternum. I forget the exact line he says. Yeah. But the way that he talks about it, he does make it seem like it would be a very efficient pull up. And they are using, like, these pretty intense Bowie knives, I would say.
0: Yes, they are using classic hunting Bowie knives. I cannot
1: imagine the human body is that much stronger than what like animals that the bowie knife is necessarily designed for the thing that i'm thinking
0: about is how much strength it would take to pull intestines out we don't need to dive into this this is not a thing we need to dive into
1: (laughs) of all the nights i don't have my walking medical encyclopedia next to me where i can just (sighs) ask dr boyfriend how hard your boyfriend for I don't purposes, think that that How takes... hard is it
0: to do this?
1: I know. Literally, where is he when I need him? I, I don't think that it would be that hard. To, like... I think Gravity also wants to help it come out. So, yes, it's very fast. I don't think that's unrealistic.
0: No, it just... It seemed so fast to me. Like, the 10 seconds max, and that man is dead and gutted. But, like... Then again we see that again like four minutes later with poor drew yeah.
1: yeah drew barrymore she had like the intensity of a final girl she wanted to live and she fought to live and she fought harder than other girls in scary movies such as halloween
0: most of the girls in this movie did fight back i will say that is yeah most of them fought the fuck back I do want to say before we get to that, we get our first ghost face sighting. And this is the Scooby fucking do moment because she's hiding in her house. There's smoke from the burning popcorn. And we see this fucker like run past a doorway. And I know it's supposed to be scary, but all I can see is Scooby doo. (laughs) Like, I mean, it's literally shaggy. It's literally shaggy. And like. But then we have that really iconic thing where she's in the window and he's like got his back to her and then he turns around and then we see his reflection. She's screaming like very gorgeous shot. I just can't get over how ghostface is like how how Scooby-Doo-ish. Like I think that's one reason why I love Ghostface is he's kind of fucking hilarious.
1: You Yes. And I think it's because you have... Stu, who's kind of this bumbling idiot, he is only doing it because he succumbed to peer pressure. He's in love, he's in love. And then you have Billy, who is so pissed off and angry and watches so many scary movies and is he so is
0: psychotically just... deranged.
1: Yes, he is a deranged, deranged man. And I think when you put them together, they only share one brain cell at a time. <laughs>
0: Which means that each ghost face only has half of a brain cell at any no, given No, they moment. It doesn't
1: separate. Only one of them gets the brain, full <laughs> brain cell at a single time. I... And I think, because I do think that this is probably Stu who kills Casey, like, who is spooking Casey. I don't think that Stu kills Casey. I do think that Billy
0: kills Casey. But i could see how stew would stew is the one in the the house stew is the one kind of like walking around in the house i think right
1: i think so and he was definitely the first person on the phone and then i do think that they switched yeah just based on dialogue
0: i think the thing about ghostface also that i love is he is not he's up there with like the horror killers the Michael, the Jason, you know, we've got—he's—he's he's up there, but he's not superhuman. Like Ghostface, he's very is, much human. Ghostface is like an idea. Like this is gonna sound like the most artsy bullshit ever. So bear with me for like thirty seconds. But like he is, Ghostface is an idea, because again, massive spoiler alerts for the rest of the movies. If you haven't seen them yet, skip ahead like thirty seconds. Ghostface, there are what, like 15 different people who are Ghostface? So Ghostface mm-hmm. as a person is always referred to as he, but there is not a he as in Michael. There's a he as in an idea. And it's, yeah. but every one of those ideas manifested into people is just a human. There's nothing superhuman about them. They are just humans.
1: Which I also kind of like that it is just a human behind the mask. Because especially now that I have this new lens on it that a gay man wrote this, it kind of reminds me of you don't know who a person really is behind whatever metaphorical mask that they have. In the same way you don't know who Ghostface is behind this mask. And I think with him being like, this is my experience as a gay person, there probably are a lot of people he encountered that seemed like safe people who actually turned out to be some of the nastiest most homophobic pieces of shit he's ever yeah. encountered and i kind of like that metaphor for ghostface as well because ghostface always loses in the end there's never uh-huh. ghostface that gets to win and i think that is also such a powerful thing to think about with this kind of killer because michael uh-huh. gets up he gets back up and then he disappears. Yeah. I don't know any other like real horror movie people. I don't I've not seen Friday the thirteenth. I have not seen We'll get there. Is that the one we'll that get I, there. the Camp? Is that the Camp one?
0: Camp. Camp okay. um, is Friday the thirteenth.
1: I have not seen Nightmare on Elm Street. Um and same with like yeah. Psycho, just to finish this thought. Uh Psycho, I would say is is another one of those things where it takes just you don't know what it takes for a person to go insane and you don't yeah. know what it takes for a person to be like scary like uh norman bates is scary yeah. but i want to talk about psycho in a different way but it's just kind of one of those things that i really do like how this movie does it because you want to root for them at the same time because you feel for these characters and you see what makes them good characters and very human characters and you don't really know that it's them until like the very end of the movie yeah
0: yeah and there is a thing at the end of the movie that I want to expound on more. But Scream also puts the final girl in the ghost face outfit.
1: Yeah. We'll talk more when we get to that part. We'll talk I more talk when we get about there. that.
0: I want to talk about that. Is it in relation to <sighs> the new Scream that you watched as well? Because that's what I've been waiting to talk to you about. <laughs>
1: I want to talk about that scene. We got to be patient. We got to get through patient. the rest of it.
0: Okay. So she dies. Um so he she's like trying to so here's the thing that happens. She is running. She sees her parents pulling up. She's trying to run to them. Yeah. And Ghostface catches up to her cuz he's a runner, he's a track star, and catches up to her, stabs her. Her parents are right there. They don't look over. They don't see her. They're right there. Again, she tying the line, towing does, the line of comedy or horror. Yeah. Um she cannot make a sound. And that was the thing, is I was like, her her throat is not cut. Maybe he punctured a lung. Is that why she can't scream? It's very unclear to me why she can't
1: scream. Because part of me is also like, she's probably in shock and traumatized and so scared, she just can't make any sound. But I'm like, girl, clap your hands, hit something.
0: You're still holding onto the phone, throw it. I think that maybe he punctured a lung, which is why she couldn't scream. Cause he went like right in lung spot. That's true. That's the only thing I could think of. I was saying the same thing. I was like, your throat's not cut girly, use it.
1: Your hands are still attached to your body. Poly- You're still holding the phone. Throw
0: Which is so the phone. The shot of her with that phone—it's so good, and I kind of love it. Very ties in. It very much ties into "Scream" of the phone because the phone is the thing that always comes back. There's it, it, this is a phone call movie.
1: It's it's a little motif. It's a little fun thing that continues through the entire franchise yeah I love it and that's also part of the reason why when we were originally looking at logos I wanted us to have a phone like an old 90s kind of phone yeah it felt one very nostalgic to me I remember just talking with my friends on the phone for four hours
0: yes
1: um but I it also really tied in to this movie so much and it's just so iconic and it's always part of every movie and I love it
0: so he catches her. The parents, she's literally at the steps, the side steps of the porch. Her parents go inside. She can't scream. He grabs her. And her mom, they go in, they see the smoke, they see all this different stuff. Her mom picks up the phone and can hear her because she's yeah. still holding on to this phone. And he's saying, she's saying, I can hear, I can hear. And then he says the line you talked about earlier, go to the McKenzie's. And that mom does not make it to the McKenzie's because no. she goes outside and that fucking scream.
1: Her daughter is just hanging there, which if you want to talk about, that was fast. That was like 20 seconds to completely gut this girl and then hang her
0: in a tree. Which all I can think of is that while one of them was stabbing and chasing her, the other one was getting the noose ready. That's all I can think of, was standing there and then they just like, boom, bang.
1: Yeah, like this first one had to be a two-man operation. There's no way it wasn't.
0: Yeah, I think that's kind of how they work. And then the next
1: scene...
0: Baby Sydney. Is
1: little baby Sydney Prescott. She's just doing doing some work in her little nightgown.
0: I need to say, for the record. For the record. This is a Sydney Prescott stan account. And I will hear no slander. I will take no judgment. I would die for Sydney Prescott. That's all I have to say. I just fucking love this girl so much. I... I, you know
1: what, hot
0: take. I also love Sydney Prescott. Uh, for a second, I thought I was about to have to end this podcast and be <laughs> like, "I'm sorry, this We're isn't gonna work anymore." Over podcast done. Uh,
1: <laughs> no, um, I, I really like Sydney. I will say, what the fuck was she wearing? What is that grandma ass nighty? But
0: <laughs> I want to think maybe it was her mom's. That's really cute. That's a really
1: sweet headcanon you have. Thank but you. that also makes this next scene so, so much, much worse. creepier. This uh-huh. is a creepy scene. And the thing is, maybe I'm watching it from an adult perspective. But the next scene, she is just typing away on her fucking 90s ass computer. Mm-hmm. And she then is spooked out of her mind because Billy pops his head in. And is like, hey, Sydney, what's
0: up? How's it hanging? Um, also i just want to say duffers we see you duffy boys because somebody comes in through a window and plays with a little stuffed animal in his goofy little voice seriously i they, watched that i'm like oh my make god out a this is just bit. stranger
1: things this is just S- let me copy your homework <laughs> yeah sure but change it a little bit so the teacher doesn't know i cheated this is a oh my god it blew my mind um it's making sense why
0: we love stranger things so
1: much (laughs) Uh, yeah it makes a lot of sense why we're so obsessed with it and why we were so obsessed with scream when we first saw it Um,
0: but she does the little door trick because her dad comes and is like hey i heard you scream so in sydney's room you can swing the closet door open and then if the room to the bedroom opens while the closet door is open it gets stuck and can't open fully
1: Yes, and no one can go through the door. We then see Sydney turn around. We see like the cute little stuffed animal thing where it's like, oh, that was a close one. And I cannot help myself. I'm like, oh, my God, this man's. Oh, perfect baby boy. This is a Blorbo. I love him. And
0: this is my boy. Then this then is opens, I want you to know mouth. that my my note is Billy in all capitals with nine Ys. Ooh, nine hole wise. (laughs) I need you to know, this is, I'm going to put this out on the sound waves. I hope my therapist never listens to this. This is my number one toxic trait. I could fix Billy.
1: I think I could fix Stu.
0: I'm so glad. Talking about folia do, you and I are folia doing all over the place here. We
1: need more therapy. I also hope (laughs) my therapist doesn't, hear me say that i could fix them um but i could fix this we man. could fix them we could fix them anyway billy says the most out-of-pocket shit that i've ever heard this ever man is it's
0: fucking insane he's, he's talking so about
1: <laughs> a scary movie that's edited for tv
0: not just a scary movie the fucking exorcist which is yeah. the movie that started the satanic panic
1: so Exorcist and how all the good stuff was cut out. And then that made him think of Sydney about how when they started the relationship two years ago. Two years. Two years ago. Um, they were very physical, very hot and heavy. Sounds like they were making out all the time. Seems like they were probably on track to have sex. Um then her mom dies. A year ago, her mom dies in a very brutal way that we find out. Um, and Sydney is having a hard time, I think, processing it. She's very grief struck, which makes sense. Her mom died. She had to go through all of this trial. We find out later on that Gail Weathers, a tabloid reporter, is writing a book about it. It's And I want to
0: say not just died, but was murdered. And not just murdered, was raped and then murdered.
1: So that is what they say, but then we find out that she probably was having an affair. So I do think that the sex was consensual.
0: Okay. Then she was murdered by Billy. Yes. Stu assisted, but yes. Yeah. Because I I was going to say, if Billy had actually done that, to sydney's mom i think that i don't i don't think i would ever be able to forgive that no matter how much i love him but i think
1: it's the one thing we can't fix
0: what you're saying makes sense
1: just because within the movie they talk about cotton who is like the alleged suspect like the only suspect that they have and sydney sees him sees a person leaving wearing the jacket and that's how sydney identifies cotton with similar
0: haircut which
1: yeah Billy
0: and Cotton have similar haircuts.
1: Yes. So we, and it's noted that she sees someone wearing his jacket leave. Um, There is a rumor. Cotton says that they were having an affair. So that's why I think that it was consensual. He left. Billy and Stu would have then murdered her, like murdered Sydney's mom. Her
0: body was found in the town square though, right?
1: yes all i'm saying is that sydney sees someone leaving with the jacket leave we know that billy takes the jacket so i don't think that they assaulted her mom in that way i think that they definitely murdered her but i do not think that they sexually assaulted her mom i think that was
0: kind of a red herring so that because that is the thing that's talked about in the movie later on as well is that like there are rumors that Sydney's mom was sleeping around town.
1: Yes. Uh, her dad's gone all the time. <clears throat> makes sense that she was very lonely. Cotton says that they were together, they were having an affair. And I think Sydney does not want to accept that her mom is this flawed person. Yeah. She's not this perfect icon, which it's really interesting that they give the mo- the dead mother flaws and makes her not this perfect like matronly Symbol of the town for perfection, kind of thing. She is a flawed human being because this is real life. This isn't a horror movie. These people have flaws and they're complicated. But anyway, Billy is like, Yeah, your mom died. And then you stop making out with me as much. We're like TV, all the good parts are taken out. And Sydney's just kind of like any, I don't know, young teenage girl, the boy you are in love with is like, have sex with me. And you're like, ah, that's a difficult conversation to have. You literally just snuck into my bedroom. Um, I don't know, dude. I don't know. I'm just, mm, mm, I don't know. I'm still grieving. And the year anniversary is like right around the corner. I don't know. What we see then is Sydney compromised. Be like, well, we can do some over the clothes stuff, I guess. Yeah. And then she has to, like, stop him because he's, he's kind of pushing some boundaries. And she's like, OK, I think that's enough. I think you need to go. And then he's, like, kind of upset about it. And then she flashes him. He's like, are you OK with the PG-13 movie? Ha ha! In her little old ass nightie. And then Billy just, like, leaves. And he's like, you see what you do to me, woman? Are you. And she's like, this weird interaction coming directly after seeing Casey's dead body.
0: Which we now know that he, he was not at home watching The Exorcist.
1: Yeah, he was over at Casey's house with Stu murdering.
0: murdering.
1: And then he's like, I'm going to go pressure my girlfriend to have sex with me. I'm a
0: little horny. You want to talk about sexual deviancy in relation to stabbing people? I really wish I could slurp out of this and make like that <laughs> god
1: awful <laughs> slurp sound. <laughs> I can't my there's too much water so I can't but I I am doing the really long slurp sound for sexual deviancy in these kind of killings the long slurp not making eye contact because <laughs> he just kills two people and it's like I need to go get laid right now or I'm going to kill again and then we open to the next day and it's just a media circus at the high school
0: with one of the best songs
1: this soundtrack oh the soundtrack in this movie is absolutely perfect um honestly every scream has a great soundtrack so good
0: so so good good. (gasps) i love it also tatum the best friends love her
1: love tatum i
0: love tatum Oh, Dewey. Baby Dewey. Baby Uh, David Arquette. I literally have that in here. My next note is I love Tatum. She's so 90s. Baby Dewey. OMG. My next note after that, all babies. Randy. (laughs) uh,
1: But okay, this is going to be kind of weird to call her baby, but Courtney Cox... Baby Courtney, Baby Courtney Cox
0: in her little nineties reporter outfits and her little sun bleached hair. Oh my God. Gail Weathers, Gail Weathers, but it's
1: just a media circus. And it it's kind of weird because Casey sits next to Sydney in English class. Yeah. And I can't remember which character. I think it may have been Tatum or it may have been one of the guys, but She realizes that she sits next to Casey and she's like, Casey, I sit next to her in English class, like not quite recognizing, like not quite processing. And then there is this very callous, not anymore.
0: That's Tatum. Tatum says that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So and I'm just like, wow, what a fucked up thing to just say. Not anymore. Like so callous, so throwaway, like they really don't give a shit.
0: They're not processing the death of people right now this is like high school gossip it's not people have died and like
1: it feels very sensationalized because they're saying it's worse than sydney's mom's murder which
0: Which was was the the biggest thing
1: biggest thing this town has ever seen most gruesome thing this town has ever seen and then almost a year later something worse happens
0: two days before the anniversary yeah then we get to meet the creepiest principal Oh, we did not mention the whole conversation between Sydney and her dad is that her dad is leaving town. Yeah. Her dad has left town.
1: Her dad is on a business trip and he is staying at the um
0: Hilton. Hilton. At the airport. At the airport. So yes. Creepy principal. He's that's a famous actor. I don't remember who that is though.
1: Um Henry Winkle? No.
0: He's in a name. bunch of other stuff. I know I recognize yeah, him. I, I think just he's don't the remember boss. Yeah, Stop- I don't
1: Stop opening Spotify. God,
0: <laughs> I'm not going to get the Taylor
1: Swift cardigan. Well, okay. Oh, I got the cardigan and it will be shipped to the right address. I was able to fix it. Um, so happy we- for we- you. You don't follow us on threads. I ordered the 1989 cardigan, but I put in the wrong shipping address. and
0: <laughs> The panic set in.
1: Yeah, the panic set in because I was so excited to just get the cardigan that I put in my parents' home
0: address. In a different state.
1: Yeah, that I've not lived at uh, for a few years. So I uh, just was stupid. Henry Winkler, I was right. It was Henry Winkler. He is in this movie, he is the principal. So he did not want to be as promoted in this movie because he didn't want to overshadow the up and coming actors in this movie. So he would have been like a really big star at the time.
0: Anyways, we meet the principal.
1: We meet the principal. He's so creepy to me. I hated that principal. He was he gave me the ick. Hardcore.
0: Heavy ick. He.
1: He really lays it on a little bit too thick, and we see like everyone's getting questioned because they have no idea who could have done this. So they're asking every student, where were you last night? But they are only asking the boys if they like to go hunting, which we then find out um, from Stu, well, because a girl could never have done this. And like they're only asking the guys because the way they found the bodies, which I don't know if that would have been made public knowledge yet, how they found the bodies. But I'm also assuming it's a small town, so word gets around quick
0: i think it might also be that it's the 90s and a lot of people assume that women are not going to be as violent as men like this is about the time when forensic profiling became really big it's like building a forensic profile and so this was about the time that people were starting to put together like oh a killing with this type of murder it shows this type of traits for people And typically we don't see those traits from women, you know, like that type of mindset as well.
1: Yes. Um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer would not have even been on TV yet. Buffy the Vampire Slayer did not start airing until 1997. I did just look that up. And it it wouldn't have made sense for a girl to have done this. Now, we do hear from Stu how to gut somebody. We find out that he dated Casey. And it's ambiguous who broke up with who, because Randy says Casey broke up with him. Tatum says, I thought you broke up with her to be with me. And Tatum says that she was with Stu all night. So, Which means,
0: was it just Billy
1: at Casey's? So she says that she was with him all night. And I do think that there was some implied um, sex going on there. I think they were fucking. We don't know when they came over. We don't know, like, we just know it came over after.
0: Right. Because if he went over to Tatum's.
1: If it was just Billy, he still went to Sydney. So he still has an alibi that he went to Sydney's house. And Sydney would say that is what, well. like, Billy yeah. came over. So I don't think that they didn't do it together. Cause I think that has to be a two person job, but you can kind of yeah. see like where their timelines and like things don't start adding up. Um, yeah. Sydney leaves the conversation cause it starts to get a little bit too gory. She starts having these memories of like her mom's murder and the sensationalization of that. So yeah. she leaves and Billy doesn't really go after her, try to comfort her. He's just like, way to go asshole. Like, fuck you. Um, Tatum and Sydney make plans. To sleep over. Have a little sleepover, little slumber party over at Tatum's house because Sydney won't be alone.
0: Sydney's house, by the way, gorgeous. Houseful. I loved it. Oh wow. Loved it so much. Also, this while Sydney is waiting for Tatum is when we get the knowledge. There's like a news broadcast that tells more about her mom's murder.
1: We find out about the trial. He's going to be getting the death sentence, and it's Sydney's testimony that is going to be the one that puts him away. That was the final nail in his coffin.
0: Cotton Weary
1: Cotton is his Weary. name.
0: Cotton Weary is the one that is currently being put on death row. Yeah. So I also want to say, uh, did you catch the movie that Tatum said she was going to rent?
1: Yes, I did. I made note of it. All the right moves, which is the exact same thing Steve wanted to take Nancy to go see. I <laughs> Differs! Differs!
0: <laughs>
1: Guys, you're just copying at this point. It's, okay. it's so oh, cute. I love it. Never stop. I did stop and rewound that part because I wanted to make sure I heard it correctly. I was so excited.
0: <laughs> so also, then Sydney gets a phone call and it's ghosty ghosty she breaks so many of the final girl stereotypes just by listing them out like she takes final girl and she's like fuck you (laughs) like Drew Barrymore was the oh we think she's gonna be the final girl we know how this goes and then it didn't happen and Sydney Prescott Sydney motherfucking Prescott comes in and she says it's my story now and this is how I do things Fuck you.
1: Yes, and she's also saying she doesn't like scary movies because it's degrading towards women. Um, yeah. I do have one issue with what she says, that the women okay. in the movies can't act. I do not think that is true at all. I think a lot of these women are very good actors because I think it's really difficult to pull off genuinely scared.
0: I would like to remind you of the death of Annie in Halloween in the car.
1: Mm, that's true. That's it. <laughs> That was terrible acting, but Jamie Lee Curtis did a good job,
0: Jamie Lee Curtis. I think and here's the thing is you and I have not watched many horror movies, which means we have not watched very many bad horror movies. And very I think true. if you and I were to see a lot more bad horror movies, we would have a different take on this.
1: Here's the thing. I know why it is a stereotype to have the girl who can't act be in a scary movie. All you have to do is scream. But I do think a lot of these women in iconic horror movies,
0: are good actors they just are
1: dumb because in a horror movie you can't use the brain cells
0: there is one brain cell in a horror movie and ghostface has it and then it gets split between two really cute idiots it just gets passed around like the sisterhood
1: of the traveling pants it's the sisterhood of the traveling brain cell you only get it for like five minutes
0: out (laughs) of the day except for sydney and gail they each have their own brain cell yeah dewey borrows half of sometimes. Dewey
1: has a hand-me-down brain cell. That's like you look at it and you're like, "Ooh, that's a hand-me-down buddy, isn't it?" And he's like, "Yeah, but it's the only one I could afford. It was the only one left at the store." Like it doesn't, you know, doesn't always I work love, great. You had, so you had to jiggle I the plug.
0: That jiggle love- the plug to make the brain cell work. I love him. Yes. Okay. So she gets a phone call from Ghostface. Motherfucker shows up. And she's running.
1: She is a track star. She's she running all over this house, fighting. She's she knows fighting what back.
0: You. She is like, uh, uh-uh, uh. I know what to do here. Also, then, I do want to say you can see the eyes through the mask.
1: I didn't even notice. That. I have to go back and look at that.
0: I because I saw that and I was like, I have to tell Kirsty you can see the eyes through the mask.
1: <laughs> I have been trying to think of ways <laughs> to make the eye mask holes darker
0: so you can't see through it. Just color I can't on them with Sharpie. Of- the eye holes? Yeah. The mesh that's in there, just color on it with Sharpie. That's
1: <laughs> not going to solve the problem. It's already black. <laughs> that, yeah, you just like, need to it's make just, them it's black. Thin.
0: No. You don't know until you try it.
1: <laughs> okay, so moving on. <laughs> um, moving on. We then, so she's running throughout the house. She does the door trick. She does the door trick. She goes. And then who pops up? Right in the nick of time. But Billy, which is very suspicious, and Sydney instantly is like,
0: I do not trust you. I think it's you. Well, because a cell phone drops out of his pocket. Yeah. And this is a time in which people do not have cell phones. Cell phones are not easy this is not, to come Cell by. phones are not a thing, right? Cellular device, as the chief of police would say. or Cellular telephone. Yeah.
1: So he comes. She... Is very scared of him. She opens the door. Dewey is there with a gun, holding the gaze- the ghost face mask. Very scary. Little jumps. She screams. Billy's taken into police custody. Tatum's like, "Oh my god, I should have gotten here sooner."
0: Dewey reading the Miranda
1: rights. If you could call him that, that was Miranda's long
0: lost sister. That was Miranda's lefts. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, that was Miranda. That was Miranda saying. As in, Miranda left the scene.
1: <laughs> that was a Miranda Sings apology video, of Miranda writes. Um,
0: Don't insult Dewey like that. It wasn't that. I bad. really tried
1: to shoehorn in the Miranda thing.
0: You really did. You said it twice. I know
1: because I wanted people to hear it and think I'm very funny. Okay,
0: I just want to say Dewey and Tatum, cutest siblings.
1: I feel like a very good representation of siblings as well because they clearly have a larger age difference um so you know that they get into like a lot of fights because she doesn't see him as anything other than his her stupid older brother and he only sees her as like his stupid little sister but they go to tatum's house and dewey's
0: house so first they're at the police station they can't find they can't find sydney's dad
1: He's missing. And it's like, he's are you missing. sure he's at the Hilton at the airport? And she's like, yes. There's nowhere else he could be.
0: The chief of police says, What are you doing with a cellular telephone, Mr. Billy, Mr. William Loomis? Billy's dad? So Billy's dad is there
1: before he, like, we know that he would get a phone call because it's brought up later. But when he's being interrogated, his father is there. And Sydney says that she sees the chief of police making the phone call. To his father. Which is just important because we don't see who Billy makes the phone call to. But you get one phone call when you go to the police. You get to call somebody. Yeah. And Billy says that it was his dad. So we know his dad is already there. And we don't know when he makes the phone call or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But he's there. He's going to spend the night because they need to verify the logs. They need to verify the records. They need to, like, do all this stuff. Yeah. And they... Leave. Like, Sydney goes home with Dewey and Tatum back to their house.
0: Yep. Before and, that, yes. Gail Weathers is trying her motherfucking best. Gail be- Weathers
1: has rent due in this entire movie. She's everything she does. Her life depends on it.
0: Gail Weathers has places to be and stories to tell, and she is not going to let anything get in her way except for Sydney's fist. Yes. Because-, because Sydney, they have this standoff, and she's like, Oh, how's your book going about my mom? And she's like, Great, I'll send you a copy. And Sydney decks this woman in the fucking face. And this was the moment in which I said, I am a Sydney Prescott stand for life.
1: Yep. Sydney, Mwah. you can do no Mwah. wrong in my eyes. Mwah. That was amazing. I love her. That was a good sucker punch. And we see, like, then they go, uh, before even the sucker punch, there is this really funny moment where Tatum is so mean to Dewey, and so <laughs> bitchy to Dewey, and it, he's like, in front of the entire police force, in front of everybody, just rips him a new one, she's coming to sleep over with a stupid, you fucking idiot, let's go Dewey, let's go and he's like chastising her like like, when I'm wearing this mom says you have to treat me like a man of the law that was my supervisor the janitor is your superior
0: mom says you have like oh my god it's so like
1: so fucking funny and you kind of get to know more about Dewey as well like you know who he is because he's like mom said you have to like he does not command respect because he is deputy Dewey which um I did notice On the IMDB, there's like a little thing where it's like facts they call it the police department. So he would be a police officer. He would not be a deputy for him to be a deputy to the sheriff. It would have to be the sheriff's department.
0: I'll let that slide. Deputy Dewey just sounds funnier. Also, I want to say deputy Dewey's, uh, truck, his Jeep that he drives. That look familiar to you. Why should it look familiar to me, Margo?
1: spell it out for us at home
0: well i think we do know a a certain sheriff of a certain small town who might drive a jeep that looks exactly like that one jim hopper like it's just what the cop car is my guy i know but it's just so good because if you think about it if you just think about it for a little bit it just makes me happy If you just think about it, it makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say something about the 80s and the 90s, and that means that Dewey is technically driving an older style car. Like, he doesn't have one of the new versions because this is about 10 years old at this at that point. Like, Yeah. The Jeep looks like hoppers, and I love it. And that's all. Next day at school. No, we're at uh, Tatum's house. Tatum's it's house. It's nighttime. It's nighttime.
1: They're giving her ice for her hand because she – did not use good fist technique when she punched Gale Weathers, but that's fine. I think even if she did... If,
0: have you punched someone before? Yeah. How hard did you punch them? M- medium punch strength? Did, I don't know how to your, like... Did your knuckles hurt afterwards? No, but I have good fist technique. Well, even if you have good fist technique, if you punch someone hard enough, that shit hurts.
1: Yeah, I did not punch them that hard. To like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is to like, where... If punch, even if you yeah. have good fist technique, goodbye. Yeah, so they're giving her ice for her hand and like taking care of her and then they get a phone call and it's like, oh, Sydney, it's for you and it's Ghostface, which is how they can prove that it's not Billy. Right. But it's nighttime. Billy has been there for a while when he would have gotten this call, like when this yes. would have been his phone call. So you're you're thinking it's not Billy, because how could Billy do this? He's supposed to still be in the police station. Being he, watched by everyone. Being watched by everyone. And how would he have the voice changer? How would he have the voice changer? It's so late. They wouldn't let him use his one phone call because he already had his dad come in yes. to, like,
0: help. Which means that this is for sure Stu. Yeah. This is just so, Stu boy. This is my baby
1: boy, Stu. Then the next day at school.
0: Yes. There are ghost faces running around, asshole kids. Billy shows up and has a conversation with Sydney and is basically like, I think it's time you got over your mom's death. And she's like, the anniversary is today, you absolute asshole. She goes into the bathroom to be sad. I don't blame her. This fucking sucks. Yeah. Then, If we think about it, today is the anniversary of her mom's Murder. She almost got murdered the night before. She thinks it could possibly be her boyfriend. Her dad is missing. Her, like, the person
1: who is supposed to have killed her mom is about to also get electrocuted. Like, and die. She is starting to doubt herself because if she was wrong about Billy being Ghostface. She could be wrong about cotton. Like she's just kind of starting to doubt herself. It's a very yeah. difficult time on top of all of the grief, all of the emotions. Kids are running down his ghost face. They don't seem to be taking it seriously. It's rough. Yeah. Then she hears some people come into the bathroom and they're talking about her. So she runs. She goes and hides in a stall and she hears them say mean shit. Like, just frankly, fucking mean. Being that like,
0: cheerleader is gross. And I think that her friend was accurate in saying, you're so pathetic.
1: Like, just saying the meanest things about a girl who is going through a difficult time. Like, who was just threatened. She's like, oh, she's making it up for attention. She's just, like, her whore mom. Like, these things that are just kind of mean. Um, So, Sydney, if she was not doubting herself before, she is doubting herself now. Yes. Then we have, like, the principal... He wants to expel the boys, but then I think he just ends up like suspending them. He's also he's still being a creepy, creepy principal. He takes the
0: masks from them, and he and he, like, is cutting them up. He's got scissors. He's being real weird and threatening to them. Also, Gail Weathers shows up there, flirts with Dewey. Dewey is this adorable little doofy guy. I love him. The flirtation between Gale and Dewey starts. The janitor is literally Fred wearing a Freddy Krueger sweater and hat. That was a hilarious nod. I just have to say loved that one. It's very funny. Love that little throw in there.
1: It's very funny. I think that was Wes Craven. I love that.
0: Right? R.I.P. Principal. (laughs) Yep. He gets got. Principal gets got, because obviously the principal gets got. There's a whole, like, it. it's a little bit annoying. He's, like, running around trying to find the the guy. Where is he? Blah, 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 and then fucking gets him. Tatum and Sydney have this heart-to-heart on the porch being like, hey, I think you need to understand and accept that your mom might have been sleeping around. They go into the house, and there is the funniest bush shot of Ghostface peeking out from the bushes there's a huge like the girls go into the house and there's a huge zoom into the bushes and then you just see Ghostface pop his face out and I laughed so fucking hard very scooby-doo very camp very- it was so good so then we have this stunning scene of the three boys in this friend group yes so the three the three boys in the friend group they're in a Stu, video billy store. and randy randy works in the video store we've already registered this and you know there's people being like oh it could have been randy he's the one who's so into horror movies like blah 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 blah. randy and Stu are talking back and forth about whether or not it was billy billy's over talking to some other girls and then there's this stunning shot where randy runs into billy and then sue comes up behind and they kind of trap randy in between the two of them and you get to see a little bit of that insanity come out you get to see a little bit of that a little bit of spicy space a little spice come out and it's just this movie really plays on who do you think the killer is because like i remember like again i was watching this with my friend and she was like at this point she was like i think it's this guy and this guy and then she was like i think it's this person and this person and at this point she did not assume it was either of them and so it just this movie just does such a good job of being like who is it who could it be what's their motive what are we doing so many different people all at the same time it, it could and then they make a tie A little bit later where they they someone asked sydney i think it's tatum asked sydney if they make a movie about you who do you think is gonna play you Mm -hmm. and the fact that all of the sequels include this stab franchise yeah it just so good so good so So there's another thing i want to say i'm kind of flying through this because i want to get to the end we do need to get to the longest night in horror yes so i just want to say there's a there's a conversation that sydney and tatum have shopping for snacks for this party because i guess here's the thing principal let everybody go because they just want it they're unlock they're locking they're making a curfew locking down the town send until future notice home. yeah yeah so there's gonna be a party at Stu's house Stu is gonna throw a party they're getting snacks for the party and sydney tells tatum how many girls would put up with a girl who's sexually anorexic?
1: How many boyfriends would put up with a girlfriend who's sexually anorexic?
0: What and did I say?
1: <laughs> girls. Oh. Yeah. No, Anyways. like, heart's in the right place. But yeah, there's yes. this whole thing where she's like, well, Billy's really nice because he's dealing with me not having sex with him. And again, I, as an adult woman watching this, I was like, hey, guess what? You can literally never have sex with someone and they still owe you basic dignity. Yes,
0: you owe them nothing.
1: You don't owe them anything. You do not owe your boyfriend sex. Hey, you know what? Quick PSA for everyone listening. You do not owe your significant partner sex. End end of sentence, full stop. You never owe them sex. It does not matter if you are quote unquote sexually anorexic. You are still deserving of love and you still have worth. And you never have to put out if you do not feel comfortable. Sydney, you do not have to put out just because you think fucking Billy wants you to.
0: Amen. Preach. Stepping off of my soapbox. Stepping off soapbox. So at this current moment, oh, this is the other scene that we need to talk about, is the conversation between the chief of police smoking his cigarette and Dewey eating his ice cream cone.
1: It's a really good way to show Dewey being so young and so innocent.
0: And it also is a very camp moment this is camp
1: this, this is, camp. is this looked here pure... right in the eye
0: yes so basically they're having the very serious conversation that we see in many cliche like film noirs of they're standing outside they're smoking they're talking about the facts that they have between the two of each other and you need to do this you need to do that but every time that the chief of police would take a, a drag of his cigarette dewey would take a lick of his ice cream cone which was bright strawberry pink ice cream in a kid cone yeah it was and like literally the chief of police throws down his cigarette and billy literally looks at his ice cream cone like i'm not throwing that like it just it's so good everything about that sequence was just
1: they really set dewey up as this young deputy as this young police officer who doesn't know anything he's doofy no one respects him including his sister and he's got a crush on Gail Weathers
0: like the up-and-coming reporter
1: yeah she like there's not we we aren't supposed to expect anything from him so yes. when he's the cop at the party it's almost like an open invitation come do what these children what you will Mr. Ghostface there's no
0: supervision there's no cops at the party like there's negative cops with at the party. yeah yeah there's negative cops they also think at this point that her dad is the one doing this.
1: Yes. They are discussing they think that it's him because it can't be Billy because Billy wasn't there when the yes. call was made. And then the the chief of police tells. They get like a report too from the telephone people. Right, that it's saying, coming from a phone registered
0: to him. Yes. Important. And then the chief of police tells Dewey. Don't let her out of your sight. And in the next shot, we have Dewey letting her out of his sight by saying, Have fun at the party. Have fun.
1: I'll be out here.
0: I'll be right here outside my car.
1: Which what? What a shit. What a scene this is about to
0: be. Scene 118. I hope you guys are prepared for the longest podcast. (laughs) Can we call? Can we call this episode the longest podcast the longest episode in podcast history?
1: Only if it's longer than any of our other episodes.
0: I have a feeling it's going to be. We'll see. We... I don't know.
1: Stranger Things we could talk for hours and hours I and we did. I
0: cut that down to two hours.
1: I know you are a goddess. Um, we'll see how long this one is. But it's okay, in kind the of running. So
0: it's party time. We are at the party. They start out. Talking about our scream queen, Jamie Lee Curtis.
1: They're like doing some votes on different scary movies. Someone at like, I think Tatum asks, one of the two girls asked if Billy's going to be there. I can't remember which one it was, but they ask if Billy's going to be there. And I think Sydney asked Tatum if Billy's going to show up. Tatum says no. She told Stu not to mention it. Yeah, but
0: but we know you don't keep secrets know, from your lover.
1: We know more than them. So what happens is Billy shows up and Sue is like, oh, why don't you go upstairs where it's private? We have some more things that happen before oh, Billy right. shows up. Right. So Sydney is thinking about Billy, though. They're trying to decide on a
0: movie to watch.
1: That's and where Gail, we are.
0: Gail shows up and says, hey, Dewey, can you get me inside that house?
1: Just to say hello to my fans. Hello.
0: So they go inside. Gail plants a camera in front of the TV. Dewey is the most awkward wannabe cool cop I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And then Sue tells Tatum, can you go get some more beers? And in come the two highest paid actors in this entire film, Tatum's nipples. Yep. Yep paid actors <laughs> they she opens the door <laughs> to the garage and it is just wing.
1: yeah they are <sighs> out they are there and they are out and proud yeah they are she has that new kim kardashian skims nipple bra
0: i saw those the other day i'm angry about it
1: yeah it's fucking stupid it's a pr thing to promote her men's line because then she has like a whole reason to do a whole thing and just her bra to promote the men's thing, whatever. Anyway, her nipples anyway. are out. She goes, she gets beer. She's spooked because she hears a cat running behind her and mm-hmm. like goes through this little cat door yes. or whatever.
0: Doesn't drop the beer because she's a partier. She knows what she's doing.
1: Yeah. She turns around and then she sees someone in the ghost face mask. And she is so like, haha. Don't let Sydney see that. She'll freak, which is supposed to be her best friend who's just been traumatized. So you'd think she would care maybe a scooch more. Doesn't. Is like so blase and then it gives my favorite line in horror, my favorite meme. Oh, you want to play Psycho Killer? Okay, let me see. No, Mr. Ghostface, please don't kill me. I want to be in the
0: sequel and then he kills her. Which I wanna say she is the first person to call him Ghostface. Yes. And how the hell does everyone else start calling him Ghostface if she then immediately dies? How, do they, how did she know to call him? Like, listen, there's a lot, we could go into that, but she names him. She yes. names him, and we could also take this concept, we could break the fourth wall and say, because this is a movie, and they know that this is a movie, she names him, even though she dies, everyone then collectively just knows this because it's a movie and they know that that's how the movies go yes
1: um also it is just a generic halloween mask even within this scream universe it's a generic halloween ghost mask
0: they call it actually father death i did notice that when we were in the precinct the name of the costume that they have listed Mm -hmm. is father death
1: that's such a funny name i know right it's a little weird so,
0: But she does fight back. Okay, so
1: also, she, she fights back.
0: fights. That is the thing, is these girls are not going down without a fucking fight. They are not Annie from Halloween. They fight, she throws a beer
1: at him, she tries to escape, and the same way that you had, like, I was just watching the garage door scene, and I was like, how is she not able to just back herself out? Like, how is she now stuck she would not like the garage door would not be able to lift her weight up and then decapitate like
0: that's not realistic for how garage doors work it's but not realistic for how garage doors work the pressure would not kill her she would easily slip out of that she would not stay stuck in that the only logic i can say is that the, the nipples were too hard they wouldn't go back through Yeah, the nipples got her stuck. But I think that Tatum's death is supposed to be like that because it's supposed to be an homage to just how ridiculous some of these deaths are. Like, let's go back to Bob in Halloween. He gets pinned to the wall with a knife. Like, that's not realistic. Tatum's stuck through a cat door in the garage door. That's not real. Like, I think the whole idea of Tatum is to really be like, Take those tropes of the brawless girl and the boobs and the nipples, turn it up to eleven and make fun of it while still yeah. being scary. Like
1: so yeah, she fights back, great. but does die. And then we have that line, the exchange like, don't let Tatum see you like she's totally gonna flip out or like she's gonna scream at you, whatever. So then Stu's, Yeah, because Billy like...
0: Billy shows up. So here's the thing Billy kills Tatum. Yeah. That ghost faces Billy. Billy kills Tatum and then runs around, shows up at the front door, and is like, hey, girl, hey, I'm here to make up with my girlfriend.
1: I just want to talk. So then Stu ushers them upstairs to his parents' bedroom. Yes. Where Sydney and Billy have this little heart-to-heart. They have this wonderful little conversation. They have a heart-to-heart, and then they have a groin-to-groin yes they bone but during this entire scene it is interspliced with randy explaining the rules to horror where you have to be a virgin which and she's then, having sex she's having sex you cannot drink or do drugs which she says that, that party, then everyone takes a drink Everyone taking is taking a drink and you can't say that you'll be right back which then stew that little comedian funniest guy in the room is like you want a beer yeah
0: sure be right back. Can be a genius and then he's Amazing. gone. And, and then we then he's don't see him for a while.
1: Yes. And we don't see him. Everyone's just kind of watching. Um Randy is getting plastered, by the way. He is probably drinking the most out of anyone at that party.
0: Randy because- is
1: out of there. <laughs> yeah. Don't get drunk in a horror movie. Meanwhile, he is the most trashed at that party. He's um, the most
0: trashed. So then we cut to Gail and her cameraman, which, like, I kind of love that cameraman. And part of me kind of wished he'd stayed in these movies. But they yeah. are watching the camera. Dewey knocks on the van door and is like, hey, I got word of an abandoned car down the road. I'm going to go check it out. Do you want to come with me? Miss Weathers. Miss Weathers. And she's like, yes. And Dewey is Mm a fucking Boy Scout. I just need to say right now, Dewey's a goddamn Boy Scout. He He is is. through and through. So what happens? They're walking down, and do Randy gets a call in the house, which I love that they pick up each other's phones. (laughs) This is Stu's house, and Randy picks up the phone. Yeah. And he's like, hey, what's up? And the voice over the phone tells him. The principal has been gutted and strung up on the football field and all these drunk guys are like let's go fucking see which i just want to say also this entire time they're watching halloween so we can gauge how long this scene goes by the point of the movie that we are in in halloween
1: yes which while they're watching halloween they keep splicing back to sydney having sex with billy and it's funny because it's like oh here comes the obligatory tit shot so you think because this is rated r you're going to see boobs and you don't no boobs not
0: you get really hard nipples through a green t-shirt you did not get boobs which
1: i love the way that they block it out and like here comes the tits because you're waiting for it to like full pan over and it just doesn't come and it's Sydney prescott's tits do
0: not come out
1: she does not need that no no you do not see sydney prescott's
0: titties No, those those titties stay private they stay Mm -hmm. private but yes so she's having sex upstairs with billy all this is happening these guys are like let's go look at our drunk or let's go be drunk and look at our dead high school principal who we all hate they get in the cars that they take off they're speeding down the road drunk driving they almost hit mr boy scout dewey and miss gail weathers they all fall over on top of each other. They kiss each other. Yes. And he's like, I'm, in, I'm on duty right now. And I then... need to talk about the
1: scene. This okay. scene, fucking love it. Because Gail Weathers is that bitch. Because She's when they that roll bitch. over. When they roll over and like they're all tangled on top of each other, Dewey stays perfectly still. He is not the one to make the first move. Gail kisses him and then he pulls away and is like no i'm off duty but he does not stop looking at her she then looks and is like hey isn't that the car that you were looking like isn't that what you were looking for and he is just looking at her with the biggest puppy dog eyes all my life he is down so bad for this woman and Kale's like what are you talking no officer dumb like a uh, deputy dipshit look And like turns his head because he cannot focus on anything else. And I fucking love that because it still gives her all of the power in the relationship exactly as it should be. But he is just so head over heels. And I feel like usually in these scary movies, you see the reverse where you see the girl fawning over the guy. And this movie really likes to shift things in that way. And I loved watching that scene because Gail is the one who gets shit done. She's the one who finds the car. She's the one who makes the first move. He is the one like putting on the brakes, not because he doesn't want to, but because he respects her and is like, I know that this is a weird power imbalance if I am a deputy on duty and you are just a civilian. So he stops. He puts up that boundary like, I can't do this with you right now. And it's mwah. So
0: then what they find mr prescott's, prescott's car. car so sydney's dad's car is here and so then they're like "Fuck! what is he doing here we got to go back to the house so they run they're back to the it. house it is post-sex sydney and billy putting their clothes back on sydney's asking about who'd you make your phone call to couldn't have been Which, me cause you blah 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 real quick i do want to say sydney is
1: Brushing her hair with Stu's mom's hairbrush after having sex on her bed. I made particular note about that.
0: Because Because of the nail file from last week?
1: Yes, because this is so gross to me. Why? Oh, I also did not get to mention it, but uh back at the sex scene, usually these sex scenes within these scary movies or within horror, they are always a transformative scene. And they always set up the girl to do one of two things, die or become the final girl a la Nancy Wheeler. But it's always transformative. And I really like the way that Scream when they're like, oh, you have to be a virgin to survive. They say, no, you don't. And they let Sydney have sex and like heal whatever bullshit by getting like a good life first. And then she puts together all the pieces because she needs to transform into being the final girl. And that was like the final piece for her to like stop being this little scared girl and become a woman.
0: And I just really wanted to talk about that. That's After all. this, though, they're having a little bit of an argument. And Billy's like, what do I have to do to prove to you that I didn't do this? Like, you're still kind of suspicious of me.
1: Wait, wait, Still with the phone call. When would he have made that call? There's no way he could have made that call. I,
0: and, and I think As we he's went over just already. kind of like thinking through this, trying to be like,
1: because it would have oh. been a really good way to pull one over on her and convince her it wasn't him. Yes. He is ready to go psychotic. And then Ghostface rushes in.
0: And kills
1: Billy. Billy. Yes.
0: And i just want to say this house is built like your house because there are so many doors going everywhere so, so many, many ways he gets in so many different rooms there's so many things happening and i was like is this just the big version of kirstie's house
1: <laughs> this is the homeowner version this is <laughs>
0: not the <laughs> <homeowner> apartment
1: version <laughs> um which i think it's really funny that he's like do you think it was still me like why do you think it's still me and i'm like you she's just saying it would be clever
0: why are you getting so upset if it wasn't you? Why are you? Why are you
1: so mm-hmm. pressed? But also, she's the one who came on to you. She's the one who went to you, legs wide open. Like clearly, legs she couldn't wide think. Open. <laughs> clearly, she if she's thinking logically, it's not with a brain cell. But oh. I cannot so. imagine. So she sees her boyfriend, who she just lost her virginity to, get. Murdered, which must have absolutely traumatized her because this is the year anniversary of her mom's death and then her boyfriend dies. So she's probably like, oh my God, I will never have sex again.
0: Which weirdly, after this whole night, I don't think that's the thing that ended up traumatizing her. Yeah, crazy This one
1: part, I don't think that's the thing that ended up traumatizing her. I don't think this one even makes the footnotes in her therapy sessions. So
0: Um, she runs through the house ends up on the roof falls off of the roof onto a boat how did she not break her back on that fucking boat i made the same note her back (laughs) would be so broken Uh, back because she got her back blown out and then she got her back broken and
1: (laughs) yes and the strongest back in the world she gets up and
0: she sees
1: tatum's dead body body the cat door
0: garage door still open
1: And then we see this whole thing where Randy is, Jamie Lee, look behind you. Look behind you, Jamie Lee. One of
0: my favorite bits. One of my favorite fucking bits out of this entire series. That is
1: what we, the audience, are screaming too.
0: Look behind you, Randy. I know. It's so fun because I feel like this is, again, a very camp moment because Randy drunk, laying on the couch, watching Halloween now by himself, screaming at Jamie Lee to look behind her because Michael is behind her and then ghostface shows up behind him and we're like Randy look behind you which um spoiler alert for
1: scream 2022 the requel version that is exactly what a character does Randy look behind you Randy Randy
0: so funny so funny so the cameraman is saying this and he's like oh my god like cuz the cameraman's watching the camera still he's like hey Uh Uh-oh, there's a guy. And then he's like, shit, there's a 30-second delay. He opens the door. The front door is open. He looks back. He sees that Ghostface did not kill Randy. Ghostface came outside. And then we say goodbye to the funny Mr. Cameraman. And he goes, bye-bye. Hasta luego. So then this is where it gets a little bit chaotic. So let's just recap this real fast. Sid gets stabbed. Dewey goes into the house to find Ghostface. He also gets stabbed and falls out the front door being stabbed in the back. Gail beats Randy with a phone because Randy's running around like, what the fuck is going on? Gail beats Randy with the phone. Gets in the car, tries to start driving. There's blood streaming down the windshield. Dead man, dead cameraman is on the roof. She swerves that car to get the the body off of the roof is driving away and sees Sydney and cannot push the brakes and crashes the camera the The news news van van or whatever yeah straight down into a ravine crashes that we basically go bitch be dead yes so then Sydney runs back inside of the house wait first we need to talk about one of my favorite ones okay she gets into the police Jeep and she yes. locks it and she's like, fuck you. And Ghostface dangles the keys and says, look what I have. I have the Actually, keys. Actually, fuck you. And then there's this sequence where he goes on one side of the car, unlocks the door. She like does that. And then she goes back. She does this. And I think this is a moment. Never mind. No, this is not a moment. This is just Stew. at this point. At this point, this is only Stu. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. So he's the one going back and forth and you can see her sitting there like watching to see where he goes and you see the back of the Jeep lift up. Yeah, the trunk is opening. The trunk is opening and he comes in. makes
1: a call on the radio and then has to bolt out of the car because Ghostface comes up behind her.
0: Yes. And then she gets up to the front. Randy's like, what the fuck is going on? Stu comes running around the corner being like, randy's lost it it's him it's him look at this and it's the, the back and forth between the two of them fucking funny just being yes. like it was him it was it and she goes fuck both of you and closes, closes and locks the door. that door this yep, is why, she's final, girl. This is why yes. she's final girl this is why she's final girl this is why she's final now here we go billy comes falling down them stairs and he's oh. like oh oh it's me I'm, I'm, hel- I'm holding on.
1: I'll survive for you, Sydney. Um, I would just like to say, every time someone falls down the stairs in a horror movie, an angel gets their wings. <laughs> it's such a class. Every scary movie has to have someone falling down the stairs. It is and the then- law. You will not get past the, like, movie rating people. They'll be like, no, you cannot make this movie. There's no one falling down the stairs. You always have to have someone falling down the stairs.
0: Okay, so then. I have to be so honest, I don't remember what happens next until we get to my favorite shot. How does Stu and Ray get back in the house? I would be so real. I have no idea. Okay, so somehow Stu and Rady get back in the house, and then we get the thing that made me want to watch this movie to begin with, which just explains so much about my mental illness. Billy goes a little bit crazy, and he goes, oh, like... It's what are we talking about? Like, we're all a little crazy here. He says that line that's from Psycho. Right? Yeah.
1: Um, he references Psycho, which I do make special note. I'm like, he <laughs> he referenced Psycho. Oh my god. And then
0: he licks blood off of his finger and he says, corn syrup.
1: Just like how they what they used for pig's blood in
0: Carrie. And I Ugh. I think about this shot. I think about him licking this fake blood I, off of his finger.
1: Yeah. I, I more think often than I'd that. like to admit. Yeah. We could fix him.
0: I can fix him.
1: I can fix Stu. I can but fix him. What we get from there is Sydney's kind of putting the pieces together. She's understanding what's happening. She's getting their little monologue deal. and Sydney has a
0: gun Billy takes the gun. Billy shoots Randy. I just want to say that. Billy yeah. shoots Randy, and that's the moment. And I want to say we get, I think, a gorgeous example of folia do in this moment. Because Billy and Stu are fully living in this alternate reality that what they are doing is correct and good. And they're living in this, this insanity together.
1: Yes. And we learn a little bit more about both of them. We learn yes. that Billy's mom left his father and we learn it's because Sydney's mom was sleeping with his father. And Billy found out, so did his mom. That's why she left. He got really into scary movies and he's like, does Michael Myers have a motive? Did Norman Bates have a motive? They were just cold-blooded killers. Scary movies don't make psychopaths. They just make psychopaths more creative. This whole thing. So his motive is essentially, my mommy left because your mommy fucked my daddy, and now I'm really mad about it. Like, incel culture started with Billy. I hate to say
0: it. Unfortunately, then he bites the tip of the knife, and...
1: He's also not technically an incel because he did have sexual intercourse
0: but you can have sexual intercourse and still be an incel i will say that
1: um i think by definition once you have sex the incels kick you out but like it's a whole really because yeah. i i thought i heard some stuff about maybe i don't know i don't want to i think that's incel. like a fake cell because incel is involuntarily celibate
0: But they're being pretty voluntary about it i just have to be so honest
1: here's the thing we know that this is pretty voluntary we... they yeah we, don't need, yeah, we world, don't need to get into the incel we don't need to get into i don't, don't want to talk about insult culture actually. i want to talk
0: about billy biting the tip of this bowie knife i don't want to talk about the things that
1: it did to me though like <laughs> every horror girly just collectively I've, every time they watch that just go and then this they make a therapy syrup appointment.
0: licking bowie knife biting and then we all make therapy
1: appointments because it's like, hey, I think I need to talk to a professional about what that
0: just did to me. I I think I had this note earlier, but what I wouldn't give to go back to the 90s and have a Billy and Stu and Tatum and Sidney and Randy just buddy movie, like a rom-com yeah. with these characters, what I wouldn't give to have that because I just want more of billy and stew so i want true. more of the. i just so then the next surprise stew pulls sydney's dad out from
1: the closet oh wait we skip a lot of what's happening in that kitchen though because they take turns stew does say that he is a victim to peer pressure he's no, going so a that lot that,
0: that happens after after okay oh, um yeah. so i i kind of wrote this out shot for shot he pulls the dad out and then they Are you sure they don't stab each other first? I think that they give each they other. Do a the they do it in front of the dad. They do it in front of the dad. I literally, because I my notes go, he pulls out the dad, then they start stabbing each other because the dad is watching this. Because as they're doing this, Sydney is making eye contact with her dad and like looking at what's going on in the area. So they pull the dad out of the closet and then they decide they're going to start stabbing each other, which they explain. Well, we have to be victims. So, we need to make it look like we were also attacked. So, they take turns stabbing each other, but Billy only gets stabbed once.
1: Yeah, Billy goes first and stabs Stu, and then mm-hmm. he gets pissed when Stu stabs him back. Yeah. Like, he is mad. Even though Stu did exactly what he was supposed to.
0: Right, Billy? which is the dynamic that we see is that Billy is the one in charge, even in these folio dues, even all, in all these different, like, di- duo dynamics that we see, and there is a leader and a follower, and Billy yeah. has been presented as the leader, and Stu has been presented as the follower. So Billy gets fucking pissed at him and goes to stab him again and stabs him, like, three or four more times,
1: I think? Yeah. He... He stabs him pretty deep, pretty hard, and then does some more cuts. So Stu's pretty beat up at this point, point. and he yeah. even says like, "You got me pretty deep." Like, I'm feeling woozy here. Yeah, like
0: he's feeling woozy here. I Zoinks. love. I love that. So then they're gonna set up because what they're gonna do is they're going to stab Sydney, and then they're going to shoot the her dad in the head and make it look like he. Did this on the anniversary of his mom of his wife's murder. It was him all along. He went crazy. They yeah. go to find the gun. The gun is missing. Because motherfucking Gail Weathers is not dead. She's not dead. The leopard dead, is dead bitch came back. Dead. And I love that you said she was dead. Well, she looked dead, still does. Like Very I love that between the she two comes of out them. Of-
1: Nowhere saves the day. Gail Weathers ex machina.
0: However, Gail Weathers V-Safety on the gun. Safety wins. Stu gets it out of her hand, Knocks her out on top of Dewey's body, I will say. Then he fucking cracks his neck.
1: Yeah, he does.
0: It is unfair the things that this man does to me.
1: It, we... Should have had therapy scheduled for
0: tomorrow. We <laughs> really should have had therapy scheduled for tomorrow.
1: I'm gonna tell my mom to make. Oh, my mom's gonna listen to this episode. She loves this movie. And she's gonna find out some things. Mm,
0: this is unfortunate. Sorry, mom. Sorry, Kirsty's mom. I've unve- unveiled a lot about myself. Whoopsies. So. I just really like Matthew Lillard. I'm sorry. I just.
1: I can fix like- him, though.
0: I will make him better. I. So at this point, Stu's dying. Stu is not doing well. And they. And Sydney was like, What was your motive, Stu? And he's like, Peer pressure, which I think is a very subtle way of saying, I'm fucking in love with this man and I will listen to whatever he says and I'm feeding into his insanities. Yes. So Sydney goes missing. And I just want to say, Billy. Goes through and is like trashing everything. He's not looking for Cindy. He's ripping He's up the couch. Why yeah. is he? Ri- like I was like, she's not in the couch cushions, buddy. This is the moment in which you're like, without the ghost face mask, the killers are a different entity. Like, the I did say Billy different. throwing
1: all of this shit around was very scary to me. His little temper tantrum is scarier to me than him in the ghost face mask.
0: Yeah, those walking is not scary around... to me. Yeah, Billy is scary. Well, no. Well, <laughs> he. Anyways,
1: like in this instance when he's like bleeding, covered in real blood, not just corn syrup.
0: So he's bleeding. He's covered in real blood. He's been stabbed. Sydney got away. The she full arrangement is them. out. Yeah. Then she calls them. She calls them. Yeah. It. It's. This is the moment in which not only is she a final girl, she takes it back. She takes yeah, it she all reclaims back. it. She reclaims this and she says, "Oh, you guys want to play a fucking game? I love Sydney Prescott so fucking much. I will say it's a
1: really funny thought to me. In the same way it's like Michael Myers like just Homer Simpsoning into the bush.
0: <laughs> it's a really funny
1: thought that Sydney sees the Ghostface costume, goes, "Well," and then puts it on like in a panic.
0: Cuz this is the thing is Sydney puts on the Ghostface outfit. She in a way becomes Ghostface. And Yes, which I will note,
1: all of the horror movie rules were broken, but they were only broken by the boys. Like, it doesn't count for the girls. It only counts for the boys in this because they are not virgins. Stu said be right back. He they were drinking and presumably also doing some sort of drug. Mm-hmm. Um, like they were breaking all of the rules. Yeah. And you would think that them as horror fans would know not to break those rules but we always forget about the men in this movie because usually, like, the jock or someone will save the final girl. Like, it's not – it's yeah. typically, I would say, the majority of horror movies, there's the final girl, but she gets help from a man.
0: Yes. And in this, she is not getting no help from a man. So – Yes. I There is a sequence in which it's Stu and Sydney, correct? There's like a, a fighty sequence between Stu and Sydney. They go over the couch into the table. They're fighting. Yeah. Sydney gets up and she throws a TV on that man's head and he gets electrocuted. And yes. Stu is out, down and out for the count. He's
1: Stu's done. done. He gets it to the head, he's done. Which I will R. say R. I. It it was very sad for me to watch Stu die because you know he's not the mastermind. You know he's just there. And he long got along swept for along. Ride. Yes. Yes. He is too sensitive. He got peer pressured. He's in love with Billy. Whatever we want to say. He Which I got think also
0: is why he didn't have such a big... He didn't have as big of a death as Billy does. Because we know yeah. at the end of this, it's Billy. Yes. Now... Gale shoots Billy, and he, like, goes down. Yes. And we have this moment. He's down. Gale shoots him, and they're like, great. And it's Randy. Randy pops back up. Randy's like, yeah. hey, guys, it's me. Yeah, Randy comes, we get pops back up, says, never been like, so
1: happy to be a virgin, because the virgins always survive. Virgins always survive.
0: Um, Gale is here. Sydney's here. And they're all yeah. like. Wow, we fucking did it. And Sydney goes, Well, is I think it's Randy says this is the moment where we get another, like the, the killer who's supposed to be dead isn't actually dead. Billy pops back up and he goes, "Ah!" And Sydney shoots that motherfucker right center of the forehead. And she says, Not in my movie. Yep. Um, and
1: then we have Gail Weathers getting her big break. At the end of the movie.
0: Yes. Yeah, so she... the movie ends with Gail Weathers being like, hey, cameraman number two. RIP, first guy on the next. pile.
1: Next guy, <laughs> Kevin, get your shit.
0: Kevin. We're going in. And we see a zoom out on the house, this iconic house. And there's police. We see that Dewey is not, in fact, dead. Dewey gets pulled out on a stretcher. Mans is alive. Yep. Sydney needs therapy twice a day for life. Yep. And we end with Gail Weathers getting her big break. Yes. And that's Scream. And that's the movie. Wow. I want you to know yeah. that I've had a picture of Billy and Stu up on my screen this entire time.
1: <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, I really wish I had one of the screen masks to show you but it's downstairs and i don't want to go get it um okay. or our lockets i made us lockets
0: yeah to wear to so monster mania kirstie made us lockets that each have billy and Stu's picture in them respectively mm-hmm. to wear to monster mania because that's the other thing is matthew lillard and skeet Ulrich are going to be at monster mania con along so is with Matt campbell Along with Nev Campbell, and David Arquette will be there. Wait, is he? I didn't think he was coming. David Arquette is listed to be a guest. Holy shit. So is the guy who plays Randy and uh, some of the original people who did Ghostface, who were actual Ghostface. the original the the not even just the original. the guy who voices Ghostface is going to be there. This is fantastic news for me. Um, oh, I didn't even know that you didn't know that. Yeah, no, they yeah. have, like, they l- are literally advertising it as a Scream reunion. God, I really wish Courtney
1: Cox makes, like, a little surprise guest appearance. It's not going to happen.
0: She's oh, it's worth not too gonna much happen. money right now. Like, she's worth way too much money.
1: Well, I also think uh, recent events in her life. Oh, fuck. Yeah, um we are recording this after Matthew Perry has passed away and they were good friends. My understanding is that everyone on the cast of friends were actual real life friends yes. by the end of
0: it. Um, Genuinely heartbreaking.
1: And it seems like they were really close. I guess in his biography, he says that he was so lucky to marry her, even if it was just on TV. Like there was definitely a lot of love there. So I understand if yeah. she doesn't want to go um to the place uh, where everyone's going to be like, ha-ha, death, murder, ha-ha-ha-ha, this is so funny.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So. That is very heartbreaking. I would assume David Arquette would have known him as well then, because David and Courtney were married for a number of years.
1: Yeah, Um, which I remember watching Friends, and it's like Courtney Cox, and then they changed her name. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. And then I watched this movie, and I'm like, "Uh, that, that. And I was just stupid excited.
0: <laughs> you Leonardo DiCaprio memed it?
1: I really did. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. Um, but
0: yeah. God, I love Scream. I am so excited to go to this convention. I'm so excited to like to fully nerd out. Not only did Kirstie get us ghost face masks that she is hand bejeweling. Mm-hmm. And lockets with Billy and Steve's pictures in them we also got fake bowie knives for them to sign mm-hmm. if we are able to do that um so
1: i did check the rules and because they are fake i think they will fly
0: oh they're so clearly fake yeah they're like literally uh, we'll the kind of fake go... blood like running in and out
1: we probably just need to go to a weapons check and they'll give us these little wristbands that we have to
0: have like around it um easy it, enough i'm not no, too. Worried every about convention that. i've
1: been to usually has a weapons check a prop check
0: um yeah. and especially one like this like it makes sense
1: i also have a feeling if they're like you can't bring that in we could probably find a vendor
0: absolutely well no because they do not allow they don't allow real weapons selling i did see real a- ones i think they- fake ones they'll be selling
1: if I had to guess, I'm pretty sure they're gonna have some knives. Also,
0: those knives literally, I got 50% off on them because everything in Spirit Halloween is 50% off right now. Love it. Literally cost me seven bucks for both of them.
1: Which we need though anyway, because we want to do a spooky photo shoot with our ghost okay. face mask in my very haunted basement.
0: Yeah. Um, so I'm so excited for that. And also at the time of the airing of this episode, we will be going to that on that Friday. Yeah, so it's actually that Saturday.
1: Very topical for the first time. One of our episodes will be very
0: topical. We're gonna be doing that. It's gonna be so exciting. Yeah. Um, should we announce what we're watching next? Is that do we do that now? Is that part of it? Wanted to keep it a bit of a surprise. Okay, we're doing another little marathon, though. A a bit of a mini marathon.
1: We're doing a bit of a mini marathon. Uh, before. December December, we're going to be just doing some holiday stuff Christmas stuff but we are doing a little bit of a a mini marathon before a big marathon in January
0: it's I would say potentially two separate marathons in their own way but it's one mega marathon it's it's one mega marathon but
1: also it's Two separate mini marathons. But yeah, we'll be releasing that information very, very soon. So follow us on our socials if Marga wants to share those with us so you can see when I post the schedule for our next little sessions, our, our little mini marathons before the mega marathon.
0: Yeah. So our social media, you can find us on Instagram and threads at eternal slumber party pod. You can also email us at eternal slumber podcast at gmail.com. You can find this show wherever you can listen to podcasts we are everywhere and if you feel like being extra special extra great and leaving us a five star rating and review please go ahead and do that if you are gonna leave a rating on an app that you can't leave a review on you can send us that review either via dm on social media or in an email whichever is more comfortable for you just share the five-star screenshot if you want to do that, or just give us your review if you want to do that too. But the best way for us to get noticed is reviews and listens. So if you really want to help us out, help us out with a a quick little review, quick little rating. Share us
1: with your friends if you think that they would enjoy us. If you hated us, then send us to your worst enemy. We look forward to reading your reviews. I did have a lot of fun reading my brother's review yeah it's good when can i guest start um is iconic iconic we love it it. so yeah send us that stuff share our podcast and as always have a great fish day or not the choice is yours this is gonna be our longest episode we can call it
0: (laughs) this is gonna be
1: which i was thinking the whole longest night in horror reminds me of how we kept saying oh my god this is the longest it's Saturday, night. Saturday. It's <laughs> Saturday. It's still
0: Saturday. It's still Saturday. It's still Saturday.